Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God, which we will consider today, is our epistle lesson. It's recorded in St. Paul's first letter to Timothy in the second chapter, beginning at verse 1. And there we read as follows in Jesus' name. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. These are the words, Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed, this weekend, as you know, we're observing our national independence holiday, and as we do that, we want to give thanks to God for all the many wonderful blessings that he bestows upon us as Americans. Having said that, though, it must go also without saying that our nation right now seems to be passing through some turbulent waters. It may seem at times the ship of state is in some peril. The political divide in our nation now is quite stark, isn't it, between individuals and between the two major political parties, and I suppose that will only deepen as we draw closer to the midterm elections in November. This summer in the hot weather, the crime rate apparently is rising all over the country, and that's most notable in the mass shootings that have been taking place on the job, in schools, hospitals, shopping malls, even in churches. Our economy is in some distress, especially as we're realizing that with inflation, we're paying so much more for just about everything that we buy. We have to deal with these unpleasant and even troubling subjects, not to mention the violent response by some to the recent Supreme Court decision regarding the right to life. All the while, we continue to be concerned about the continuing destruction of the nation of Ukraine at the hands of their Russian neighbors, and we worry that it too may uh, spread into a bigger conflict, at least in that part of the world. So we might throw up our hands and wonder if there's anything at all that we as private citizens can do about all of these problems circling around us. And of course there is. 
As Christian Americans, we hold a dual citizenship. We're citizens here and also above in heaven. Because of our baptism into Jesus Christ, we live here and now as citizens of God's kingdom of grace where we receive his message of forgiveness of all of our sins for Jesus' sake, where we are built up in our faith in him through hearing the word and having the sacrament. We're being prepared in these ways to one day enter body and soul into our everlasting kingdom in heaven. At the same time, you and I also now are living as citizens of this earthly kingdom, and we need to live under its laws. So who better to follow the directive of the inspired Apostle Paul in our text today? Who better to follow these words? Pray for our nation. We say pray for its leaders, pray for its peace, and pray that in the midst of all the turmoil, the gospel will move freely through the world. Writing to his co-worker Timothy in Ephesus, St. Paul begins, Therefore I exert, exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority. God wants us to pray for our national leaders. They need God's help, his guidance, his wisdom. We might think of young King Solomon in days of old in Israel as he assumed the throne of his father, King David. When God told Solomon he was going to give him whatever he asked for in prayer, Solomon asked for the gift of discernment. That is the wisdom to decide between right and wrong, between good and bad. We know God answered that prayer abundantly. Solomon's wisdom is legendary. How necessary is that gift of discernment for today's leaders? The tasks entrusted to them are enormous. Our leaders have the mandate to provide for the well-being of the entire nation. So our economy, our infrastructure, roads, bridges, utilities, all the other support agencies of our government are placed under their supervision. In addition, they are charged with maintaining our national security. The Marines, the Air Force, the Army, the Navy, the Coast Guard, all of our armed forces, the police departments, the state patrols, the courts, and the prisons, all, to be our, all of those are to be supervised by our leaders. The very preservation of our nation and its way of life is in their hands. So they need the all-wise, all-powerful God to direct and bless them in their work. And so St. Paul says, I urge that prayers be given for them. Do we always agree with our leaders and the decisions they make? Are all of our leaders members of the same political party that we as individuals might favor? Are all of them pious Christians? 
And the answer is certainly not. We might have profound differences with our leaders. We might vehemently oppose them and work hard to defeat them in the next election. Still, we're to pray for them. In St. Paul's day, most of the kings and the government officials weren't followers of Jesus. Many of them, most of them, probably opposed the church and persecuted the believers. And yet God wanted them to pray on their behalf. Why is that? It's because all government here on earth is ultimately ordained by God. So to the Romans... The apostle wrote, everyone should submit himself to the governing authorities. Then he said, there is no authority except that which God has established. So as we celebrate our national liberty, we remember to pray for our leaders, asking that God would fit them for their calling. We should be ready to intercede for them, especially during some times of national or international crises. We should pray that they would be kept physically and mentally alert and healthy for their work. As Christian citizens, we should pray for our nation's leaders, remembering that they are in constant need of God's help. Secondly, our prayers to God as dual citizens of earth and of heaven include this. We read that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. As Christians, we should pray that God would continue to direct and guide our country in a way so that we may continue to practice our religion openly and in peace. And in doing this, uh, and in this environment, to be able to cultivate a holiness of living which God uh, wants of his redeemed children, which honors him and helps each other. That is certainly a blessing that God has provided for our nation these past 246 years. And we might easily take it for granted. It is true, we do face tumultuous events, and we are facing such events now in our country. Scandals, close elections, election controversies, bitter disputes among people and groups of people, they're not unheard of. Yet remember that for, for the most part, we would say that these events are played out mostly with words, with demonstrations and signs, but without guns being fired, no one being exiled or sent off to a re-education camp somewhere. Compared to many nations here on earth, most political occurrences in America are relatively peaceful. We may not always be happy with what our elected leaders decide and what they do, and we may work very hard to change some aspects of our government. Still, what a gift from God that through all of this, peace and order are maintained. Now sadly, it's true we are seeing a change within our society 
and the cultural climate we're living in now is not very peaceful these days. That's obvious. So as we thank God for the peace he's given our land through the past centuries, we pray that he would continue out of his mercy to preserve it for us. Like all of his blessings, if we fail to value this rightly and pray for its continuance, we may lose that peace one day. The day may come when we will look back fondly on today, on these times when we could come together openly here to our church and worship God, when we could advertise our school and our church within our community without hindrance. We might wish that we had made use of our freedom and the peace we have with greater sincerity and fervor. But for now, let's think of it and thank God for it. This holiday weekend, we're pausing to consider our blessings as free citizens of the United States. And in doing this, we want to pray for our leaders of our country and for the peace and stability that surrounds us that we may practice our Christian religion. There's more to pray for. Paul goes on, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We should pray that the gospel of Jesus Christ may continue to be spread freely here among us and all over. That prayer for the free course of the good news in Christ is pleasing to God because he has clearly told us here in our text and elsewhere that he wants everyone to be saved. No one should say, maybe he wants most to be saved, but maybe not me. The word is clear. He wants all to be saved. Through the prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament, he declared, As I live, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. God wants all people to be saved. And that is so because all people, every last one of us, needs to be saved. There's no one who could save himself or herself by their moral conduct and the way they think, the way they speak to others. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says there's no one who does good, no, not one. Unless our merciful God desired the salvation of us poor sinners, unless he himself worked and carried out and provided that salvation, then the whole human race, each one of us too, would be condemned to hell forever. Moved by grace and mercy, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to pay the ransom that frees us. How? By living for us, suffering and dying on the cross, not just for some, but for all sinners. Jesus gave his life for every man, woman, and child on the earth. So that must be for you and me. Because he obeyed all of the law of God perfectly, always giving proper obedience to the governing authorities over him as true man, 
And because he suffered the penalty for all of the times we speak ill and think ill of our leaders, we are forgiven all of our sins. We're reconciled with God. As Paul puts it in our text, there is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. How can you and I know about this wonderful truth? How can we hear this good news? We can learn and believe it only from the proclamation and the teaching of the gospel. Only by hearing this message of Christ's sacrifice for each of us. And then by receiving those blessings as they're distributed to us through the preaching of the word and in holy communion. Only in those ways can we receive it and by the working of the Spirit be brought to faith so that we rely on it. For it is through these that the Holy Spirit promises to come and work among us, creating and nourishing and sustaining us in the faith. Therefore, the gospel of Jesus must travel freely through the world to reach all. As Jesus commanded his believers, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And so our prayer as Christian Americans should include this petition, that there would be continued freedom for the gospel of Jesus to travel through the world and also to be preached and taught among us. Pray that we may continue to gather freely and regularly to hear the word and to teach it to our children. In praying for our country, we should pray also for those countries in the world which are currently closed to the gospel. Jesus directs us, after all, to pray even for our enemies. And here we ask especially that God would move and inspire them to open their borders to the word of life that others too may hear it. On this National Independence Holiday weekend, we're giving thanks for the liberty that God has granted to our nation. We recall today the bravery and the sacrifice, sometimes the ultimate sacrifice paid by those who have fought and died for our country to win this liberty and to preserve it. As Christian Americans, we also have the privilege of praying for our nation. Pray that the God of wisdom would impart his saving wisdom on those who are in authority. Pray that we may lead quiet and peaceful lives, practicing our religion with integrity and transparency and openness. And above all, as Christian citizens, let us pray that the Lord would grant free, unfettered movement of the saving gospel of our Lord Jesus so that many more people will be added to the happy and eternal kingdom with the Lord in heaven. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forevermore. Amen.